0: Everyone dies except for Brie Larson, who gets arrested. This is Spoilers. spoilers.
1: Hey (laughs) Hey
0: everybody, welcome to Spoilers. Uh, Today, this is Pappy, talking to you from Denver, Colorado. We also have Money Mike, recording from Elkhart. How are you doing, Money? Good, how are you guys? Good, man. Ready to talk about some free fire. Fire. And Is that it? man uh, <laughs> accentuating the fire was Vince the intern, also recording from Denver. How you doing, Vince?
1: Doing really good, sitting here in River North, um, ready
0: to just tear this movie's butthole in half. Let's do it. <laughs> so yeah, let's just jump right into it. We already gave away the main spoiler. Like we yep. do. It's your own spoilers. Every week, <laughs> just tearing movie's buttholes. But <laughs> Vince and I saw this together. Which means there's a really good chance that we're not gonna like the movie. Uh, yeah. We just don't like we don't like each other, so that not usually manifests in our film going experience. But Mikey, what did you think of <laughs> Free Fire?
2: Uh, I went into it with uh, pretty high expectations because of who made it and the people that were in it. Um, there's it's made by A24, and we've watched a lot of their movies and talked about a lot of their movies this year and last year um but it was just okay to me it was very middle of the road i didn't love it i didn't hate it but it just didn't have enough to keep me interested the whole way i guess uh so it was just okay to me definitely
0: and i think you have any yeah go ahead
1: sorry vince Oh, no, go ahead with that question. I, I was going gonna...
0: well, to say, did you have any parts that you liked, Money, specifically? Like, what, what did you like and what didn't you like?
2: I, like, there's nothing that really stands out. Like, there's not one particular scene. I guess the scene where the guy gets his head run over with the John Denver song is, like, the most memorable scene of the movie. I don't know. I really hated that character anyway, so.
1: Yeah, that character was the worst. And I think the whole thing was leading up to that, like you were saying. But I didn't actually like that part. <laughs> I thought it was kind of... You were waiting for that guy to die the whole time. and then Yeah, I
2: hated him. You
1: were made to hate him. And then I felt like the whole movie kind of led up to that. And then his head gets ran over by the getaway truck with the guns. Or getaway uh, van, if, if you will. I think going to Pappy's point, if uh, me and him liked it. We hardly can ever see a movie together that we like. I think the only exception we've had so far is Raw which I still um, would suggest seeing, but it might play into the fact that me and Pappy tend to drink like fish or sailors uh, before any movie that we see together. Like, it's like... We could have four minutes before the movie's starting and somehow we'll get like half a bottle each into us somehow. I don't even know how it happens. <laughs>
0: <laughs> We're already not happy people and adding that much of a depressant before we see a film is just a recipe for crank.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's a, a full critic is coming out at that point and we are not going to go in with a <laughs> smile, more a droopy uh, brow and uh, a little bit of slobber. But no, I, I think Pappy made the biggest point, just me and him yesterday after we saw it together, that this is A24's like basically debut film after winning Oscar Best Picture for Moonlight. And Pappy made the point of what a weak movie to show after just nagging or nabbing or grabbing. I- I'm so bad with words. Getting the best award you possibly can get for a movie. thats I think that's a pretty good point uh, that Drew made. Um, overall, I think it's kind of cool, and I, I mean, it's 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 a very Reservoir Dogs 25 years later um, with a worse plot, worse director, worse actors, and worse writing, um, but still entertaining movie uh, to say the to say the least. Uh, Reservoir Dogs is an awesome movie, um, but it's kind of like that heist, guns, bad guys in a warehouse bottle episode. I mean, the whole movie takes place in a warehouse. The entire hour and 38 minutes or whatever, takes place in this warehouse in the 1970s in Boston uh, for an arms deal, and basically it's an arms deal gone wrong, which is so stupid. I mean, in in my head, it's like, give them the money, give them the gun, boom, like the movie's kind of over. I think the whole point to that goes back to um, the guns weren't the right guns. And their whole thing of, I forget what two type models, but they're both like semi-automatic machine guns. And it just wasn't the semi-automatic machine gun that they were looking for. And that's kind of threw the wrench in the whole plan. But then the from there, the movie just devolves into shooting at each other, hence Free Fire, the entire movie. And it's just, it doesn't really capture originality or the shooting scenes get confusing. You don't know who's shooting at who for what and why and why they're so bad at aiming. And Pappy, how many bullets are in a typical magazine? Because I think
0: in this movie, it's 49. <laughs> they don't run out of bullets, ever. <laughs> I think you're touching on one of my biggest problems was that it's they're so bad at shooting that like the bullets are almost have no there's no consequence to any of the any of the shots that are fired it feels like a video game or something like Mm -hmm. and they're just blindly shooting that they have worse aim than like your stereotypical bond villain or like stormtrooper (laughs) or any classic bad villain like they cannot shoot worth shit and like they get hit a lot with bullets too and that doesn't also have a great consequence like they may be injured but then they kind of just like they have to crawl for the rest of the movie or something whereas in reservoir dogs like every shot matters there's very little on-screen violence and you have like ultimately it leads to that mexican style standoff a la uh at the end the good the bad and the ugly at the end yeah so it's like every shot in that movie i mean literal bullet shot counts and in this movie they're just so cheap and yeah stevie uh producer stevie actually had a bachelor party in vegas this weekend which is why he's not on the episode um but he called me and asked me what I thought, and I was like, "Dude, the line between paying an homage to Reservoir Dogs and like just blatantly ripping off a concept but doing it worse is razor thin." And I think that this movie sort of did on the latter. I mean,
2: I mean, Reservoir Dogs isn't a total bottle episode. I mean, a total bottle movie, right? No, it's
0: not. Yeah,
2: they go out and are doing other parts of the plan and stuff. And like they have this one is yeah, they have like flashbacks and stuff.
1: Yeah, Reservoir Dogs, there's external scenes because basically it's
2: a heist gone wrong. But this, this is like a, the whole thing is a bottle movie and it's like, okay, every, like 90% of the shots are in this one like uninteresting part of the factory where it's just like wide open space, the van is in there and then they start shooting each other and then for the rest of the movie, everybody is crawling around very slowly. So it's like everybody's taking, taking random shots. And <laughs> yeah, for some reason. I think, money. you might have said it in the thread
1: that, yeah, everyone got shot in a limb, but no one like, died. Like, yeah. like almost every character got shot in the leg and had to crawl. And I kid you not, of the five to eight main people in that warehouse, they got shot. And that's and that's all
0: around. Yeah, that's the <laughs> whole thing too. Is like this movie's about gunplay, but the the gunplay itself is completely devalued because like people get shot and then nothing really fucking happens. But I mean you slowly start to pick off the different characters who I also thought... Yeah, it's, it's like the no consequence of Jon Snow dying. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, there's no, there's no real drama if there's, if there's no stakes, and the stakes are completely eliminated by how mm-hmm. silly the, the gunplay is. But Vince, you said the acting was bad. I thought the, this is a really big... I don't think it was. But let me get to the point. Let me, let me back that up before
1: you throw the point out. I think the acting's bad because most of these actors in this film are British great actors, but they're from the UK and they're playing these Boston types. And I just thought their Boston accent was super cheese because it didn't really, it's, it sounded like they were British trying to be like uh, a caricature of Boston person, like almost racist to Boston people (laughs) or culturalist or whatever. Like, or, 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 or maybe I'm completely wrong. And that, Uh, The gun sellers were from UK and the buyers were Boston. And maybe like the characters were supposed to be British. But my take on the acting, and I think they didn't do a terrible job acting. It was just that the voice acting was really distracting to me because it sounded like everyone was from the UK trying to be a Bostonian.
0: Yeah, I think that the actors didn't do a bad job necessarily and you see a lot of uh, actors who have been in other A24, A24 films for example Frank who is played by Michael Simile uh, he was in The Witch we have Brie Larson who won an Oscar for her performance in Room uh, then you also have Mike Smiley is a good, the best actor I think and you oh, also have uh, The Scarecrow from uh, Batman series Cillian Murphy and then also another movie we spoiled we had The Brother from Sing Street who I think is a really good actor is that Jack- Sam
1: Riley? Oh no sorry
0: no, that's Harry, uh, was played oh, by Jack yeah. Renner. Yeah. He had the long mm-hmm. hair. He was one of the guys who had the initial beef at the beginning about like some, f- someone fucking his cousin or something like that. Like he's the guy <laughs> that looks like Seth Rogen. He does exactly. look like a
1: skinny, yeah. more handsome Seth Rogen.
0: <laughs> but yeah, to yeah, to the point, actor. I I feel like they were all doing a good job with what they were given, but they're they're trying to have so many like quirky, zany characters that like I think that again they sort of devalued the characters, whereas in Reservoir Dogs, you start off with, like, six, yeah, and then, like, maybe, like, three or four make it back to the warehouse after the robbery. Like, Well,
1: not only that, but they're given these uh, colored names, Mr. Pink, Mr. Black, Mr. White, so they're kind of stripped of their identity. In this, it seems like they're trying, as you put, Pappy, like, forcing identities on every character.
0: Yeah, and, and they really just did, like, even though they're trying so hard to be distinctive, like, it didn't work. They almost kind of blend together as, yeah. like, <laughs> one... As just people just randomly firing. But, I mean, Mikey, you've heard us go on and on about the acting. Was there any uh, characters that you enjoyed, or or what did you think about the the performers we saw?
2: In the movie, like, you can see, like, all of the different tensions between, like, the different characters, like, who's going to be arguing with who uh, throughout the the whole movie. They, like, kind of make that, like, the the different people who are going to hate each other eventually, they kind of preview that a little bit. So, like, you got the guy named Vern, and his associate, the uh, the black guy who was helping him with this deal, um, you can see that they kind of hate each other. And I thought that was probably the best like rivalry in the movie uh, because I thought Vern was a funny character and his associate was kind of fed up with him and just wanted to get this deal over with and it all kind of goes south. I thought that was the best interaction between the characters that I mm. saw.
1: Wait, so... I just have a general question for both of you guys. And I know Pappy's attention span wasn't spot on yesterday. But who are those two, like, sniper, maybe more than two, but at least two, like, sniper dudes at the deal? Like, whose team were they on? What was their, like, role? Were they on a third team that was trying to take it over? Were they just watchdogs, hired guns? I think
2: what happened at the end was Brie Larson and the black guy were working together, and the black guy hired those two snipers. Mm. Martin and then the black guy ended up dying and then those snipers ended up dying because at the end Brie Larson was like uh Cillian Murphy asked Brie Larson who hired the snipers and she responded with I think it was either, either like the black guy or Vern hired them in case something went wrong and mm. then she ended up taking the money.
1: So the snipers
2: were on the on the
1: on the gun buying side or the gun selling side? Buying, right? Gun buying, I think. I think what was that? were the snipers on the gun buying side then, or the uh, side of the gun sellers?
2: Uh, I think it was buying. I, I, then honestly, I case. don't know. I don't know who <laughs> Brie Larson was working for because <laughs> I think she was just like setting up the deal. I think she was just like a middleman or something and just trying to make money because I think she screwed over both sides. Her and the black guys screwed over. That's what. Yeah, that's why. Like, I
1: feel like I was missing a more important plot that was like a heist within a cell and then like you said um brie larson and babu sise uh, who played martin who also played black guy <laughs> it's like he's been
2: putting it <laughs> sorry I yeah there's possible that he like, is the
0: only black guy in the movie I but that, i don't understand how the film imagines like figure out a way to be so complicated and like unclear when you have a bottle piece with like x amount of characters you know what i mean like they all just sort of run together and no one's distinctive and no one's motives are ever, like, very clear. Uh, all you get is just, like, shot after shot of, like, shots of them shooting at each other. Shot after shot after shot shots. Shot, 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 shots. Uh, <laughs> Any other. What little John put it so any, clearly. Any other points <laughs> before we uh, give this our,
1: our verdict? Uh, well, I want to go into a correction of what I talked about earlier, Pappy, when I said that you mentioned uh, yesterday that this is like their. <clears throat> I guess it should be a distinction. That this is like their major release after Moonlight because they have released several movies uh, Oasis, Supersonic, The Monster, 20th Century Women, Trespass Against Us, The Black Coat's Daughter. All before Free Fire was released. However, this is probably the most major release. Although Twentieth Century Women made
0: five million dollars, so
2: this w- this was actually in theaters. Though I don't think Twentieth Century Women might be just far. Their widest this is this is
0: by far their widest opening, and they have no. They have a lot coming down the pipeline too. With uh, I think it, it comes at night and a ghost story. So they have two big yeah. Those look cool horror movies coming out in June and July opening wide. So this is like kind of dipping their toe in the water.
1: No, for sure. I just wanted to go back and and make a correction that this wasn't the like immediate release right after Moonlight. Like there has been stuff and and A24 is a studio that takes chances and releases smaller films as well. So not everything's blockbuster and that's why I think we love them. I mean, we've done six or seven of their films and it's because they release in general, good content that takes chances and is original.
0: Exactly. And if you want to listen to those, you can go to podcastspoilers.com slash collections. <laughs> we, we have all of our episodes broken down into different subsets, but uh, let's go into uh, Yes or No's. Money, we'll start with you since I uh, you were under the group influence of our drunken haze. <laughs>
2: uh, yeah, this is this is uh, kind of a toss-up, I guess. I mean... There are some things in this movie that you can like. I mean, it's an A24 movie, so it has some redeeming qualities, and all of the actors are big. There's, like, big names. Army Hammer is in it. Uh, Cillian Murphy, Brie Larson is really high right now. Um, But it's just, like, all of these pieces that just didn't come together, and this movie was pretty boring, and I was really kind of bummed out about that because I had expected a lot more for this movie. Um, I think... It could have been a lot better uh but it's not to say it's the worst movie i've seen this year um i just had higher expectations um it was hard to tell like what kind of genre this was because there are some funny parts but there's also like some dark parts where this drug dealer or this druggy guy is like Breaking bottles over girls' faces, so that's like the inciting incident as to why everybody's shooting at each other and gets his head run over, and that's pretty graphic and stuff like that, but I don't know. I'll, I'll give it a very flaccid yes. Ooh. It was... It could have been a lot
0: better. A flaccid yes for Money Mike and Elkhart. Uh Let's go to Vince. the. Internist. Yeah, don't don't go see it in theater. <laughs> well... I'll agree with
1: Money's first, or that last statement. Don't go see it in theaters. I will back that up. Um, Money, you had a lot of good points. I mean, I was bored too. And for a movie that completely takes place in a warehouse with a lot of weapons and ammunition and a lot of shooting and and action, it it was kind of boring at times. And it was an hour and 37 minutes or so, um, in that range at least. And still boring (laughs) for being all of that. Um, Not to say that there weren't awesome parts. uh, And at times it was exciting. um, But it felt drowned out. And I think Pappy hit the points of there weren't really any stakes uh, at risk. And um, I think that's kind of what drew to the boredom. Uh, Not necessarily that there wasn't action going on, but that the action had no meaning. Uh, I think that's the biggest point. Um, going back to, I think every character got shot, <laughs> whether it was in the, in the shoulder or the calf or whatever. No one, like, no one really got like fatally shot, um, which kind of drew to that as well. My entire time watching this in the theater, I was thinking, Reservoir Dogs, Reservoir Dogs, Reservoir Dogs, Reservoir Dogs. And all I could think about is going home and putting Reservoir Dogs on and putting an actual good film that lasts forever. I think Reservoir Dogs is one of the best movies ever. I'll plug that hard right now. But that's all I can think about. And so I think that plays back to the boredom as well as, I don't think it was that original, but there were original parts. Uh, it wasn't a direct co- like copy, uh, as Pappy somewhat alluded to. I don't think he said, but it was questioning, I suppose. It wasn't a direct copy, but it 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 was very similar, and it wasn't. Even close as well done. All this being said, like if if it's on if it's on HBO and six months or so, or on T- on some kind of service that you have, Netflix or whatever, watch it. Then maybe if you're bored. But there's definitely better movies to see. As Mikey said, don't go see it in theaters. And this is a no for Vince the
0: Intern. That was very well put. Um, it's going to be a no for me as well. And honestly, this is one of my most Disappointing movies of the year, not from the perspective of necessarily what I saw. Um, We've definitely reviewed worse movies this year. I would even say F8 is worse, and I would say that uh, uh, Time Bandits. No, I wouldn't say that that's worse, (laughs) but (laughs) every episode, but sort of what Vince was alluding to it's like what I think it the pitch if I was pitching this movie as is, I would say, okay, it's like Reservoir Dogs. But more extreme, it's more bottle piece with more characters and more guns. it's just that's such a disappointing choice for what's like the biggest release of one of like from my favorite movie studio. And I've sucked a24's dick on at least six or seven podcasts now, but Whoa. this is <laughs> this is a huge misstep for me uh, by them. I just feel like it's an unoriginal premise from a film studio who I love because their premises are so off the wall and crazy and fun and and like Vince said there's a movie that's like this but better it's called Reservoir Dogs and there's really no reason to see this so I would say this is a a no for me and one of my most disappointing also because I picked it in Fantasy Movie League to make around (laughs) three million dollars and it came in around a million dollars so I'm pretty butthurt about that but a hard no for me. And to our listeners, hit us up on Fantasy
1: Movie League. We're uh, spoilers! exclamation And what do we have to have a password for that, Pat?
0: Yeah, the password's spoilers with a capital S. But yeah, the league's growing. Definitely get in there.
1: Growing. Try to beat us, because we're, um, we're no masters. I was going to say masters. I can't
0: even play that off. We're pretty bad. We pretend. <laughs> But, yeah, does someone want to play us off with the plugs? That's all we got. Uh, I know we have Adaptation coming out soon, as well as Grand Budapest Hotel uh, for our major movie release episodes. But how can people get in touch with us? Well, they can tweet us anytime at pod, no,
1: spoilers Spoilers. underscore pod. Spoilers underscore pod. You can tweet us. You can email us, uh, podcastspoilers at gmail. Um, you can also find a lot of this information on our website, which is podcastspoilers.com. Um, we'll that's have, the place to go. That's the place to go. We have all our episodes up there. We have uh, a new, as Pat mentioned earlier, collections, which is basically a playlist of categories or genres. Uh, so we group it in by like studio or by actor or by like
0: director, just fun stuff year, like
1: that. year, yeah. whatever it is, but we're kind of just trying to build out some groupings and, and make that more fun um, for our listeners as well. Uh, but yeah, all our other contact information's on there too. Um, and then you can always hit us up on Hotline Bling. We want to hear some voicemails. We're getting some voicemails, uh, but we'd love to get more. You can—it's nine oh uh, three spoil 7 um, Boom. Yeah, which I actually forget what those numbers are now. Before I didn't know what the
0: 4507
1: <laughs> With a 903 area code. Uh, standard messaging rates apply. I'm just saying that because I hear it on uh, TV commercials. But anyways, uh, let us know what you think about it's us. Google Google uh, Suggest a movie. Uh, tell us we suck. Um, troll us. We don't care. Just uh, hit us up. It's fun. Um, but uh, that was spoilers. This was Free Fire and uh, Math Teacher Mark Math Paper.
0: Thanks to Josh Hensley for writing the theme song. Bye. Bye.
2: Bye.
1: Math teacher mark math paper.